Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> awesome stuff. Awesome stuff, Froth. We all know, freeze the magic number. Freeze the magic number. And I look forward to hearing what you do with that, man. I think um, you're looking at probably the, the next big uh, anchorite um, craze. The top three. Froth here. <clears throat> thought of your podcast and blog and there's several awesome things going on with that message there from colin green and spike pit one i can hear in the distance uh, i believe that's your son jamming on the drums colin one drummer to another i can hear that happening so second awesome thing three is the magic number that's a reference to uh colin and i's shared affinity for de la soul Easily one of the greatest hip-hop groups of all time. Unique um, style and timeless. Third, I appreciate the support as always. You know, people talk about Colin, how he supports others, and is kind of like the heart and soul of the RPG podcasters here on Anchor. And that is absolutely true. So what is he talking about with the, the top three and everything? Well, I've been trying to think of a new episode a new weekly episode to do here on the thought of your podcast um with hump day bloggerama well established and always doing my night below session recaps on sunday um my five minute fridays are always short so i kind of had room and and the urge to to add one more thing and so you're listening to it i thought of the idea i always like like top 10 lists and things like that not just because It'll might show you something you haven't heard of, um, but I always like to see if I agree or sometimes I'll just strongly disagree with uh, something being omitted or whatever. So I thought I'd do a top three show on Tuesdays, Tuesday top three, uh, where I've just come up with some kind of RPG related topic or something and, and give you my top three on it. And I'd mentioned it, um, though a lot of us podcasting doing rpg podcasts here on anchor you know the legends legendary anchorites you know you're always welcome to join by going to anchor.fm forward slash start um join up if you have the urge to podcast get your voice out there but i put up a post hey i'm thinking about doing this top three thing what do y'all think and then like five minutes later colin posted his latest podcast that that was a, a top three D&D Monsters that uh, Logan Howard from Swordbreaker uh, had had requested for him to do. Of course, Logan does the um, does the Monster Brothers podcast with Ray Otis from Plundergrounds. And then I got a message from Ray asking about doing the three top D&D Monsters. So, great minds think alike. Although Colin didn't actually say great minds think alike. What... Look for what he actually said. Uh, I'll find it. Bear with me. Fools never differ. <laughs> so instead of great minds think alike, it was fools never differ. So anyway, um, this is just something I want to try out. I Hopefully y'all like it. If, if there's anybody that has any kind of requests or ideas for a top three, you know, you can message me on the Anchor app or send me an email frothsoft at gmail.com or use the thought eater blog forum. So my first idea was to do a top three for David Zeb cook. Cause, uh, 
Aside from Gygax, I think Cook is the finest of the TSR uh, module designers, maybe just designers in general. You know, did uh, co-wrote the Expert book, uh, its second edition. You know, oversaw that Oriental Adventure, Star Frontiers, the Conan game, and so many good modules. Um, honestly, the only thing I ever see people being really that critical about is the Indiana Jones game, and I'm not sure he's entirely responsible for that. And the main criticism is really that there's no uh, character creation rules in the main book so you know once somebody's called dibs on indie it's like oh, i guess i'll be sala you know <laughs> it's not like you know i'm sala again anyway so today's gonna be a twofer uh a tuesday top three twofer say that 20 times fast um so first i'm gonna give you my top three for Zeb Cook, and then I'm going to go into the uh, the Ray Otis suggestion of uh, my top three D and D monsters. So I hope y'all enjoy this. Definitely open to feedback. So let me know. All right. So I found and thinking about these that the toughest ones are uh, coming up with a number three. Uh, my number two and number ones on these are really easy to come up with, but the number three is a little tougher. So as far as Zeb Cook goes, you might think I might put in BX, but I've got to be honest with y'all. I know it's far and away the most popular with the OSR right now. I've seen lots of polling and everything. Um, I'm not cutting on BX. I like it. But the stuff I use from it is really stuff that um, is not original BX. I just kind of like the way... Uh, BX presents it, and so the the main things that I'll use from it are, you know, the BX reaction table, um, morale, initiative, and you know the uh, order of combat initiative and um, the movement rule, rules. Other than that, you know, I don't mind races class, but it's not my favorite. The classes in BX are not my favorite. I don't, you know, the way the monsters are presented, the items, the spells. All the real meat of the game. I prefer other early games, other systems to it, um, especially first edition AD&D or even OD&D, to be honest with you. Um, but like I say, I'm not cutting on it. Uh, I got no problem playing it and I like utilizing some pieces of it, but that's not going to make my top three. Also, you know, Oriental Adventures, I know that... I don't think there's a lot of cultural insensitivity in the book. Maybe just maybe ignorance or something. I mean, it did come out in a different day and time. I know using the term Oriental is not something that people would probably, you know, I don't, don't expect there to be a 5e Oriental adventures, put that, put it that way. But I really was, uh, uh, I really loved martial arts and stuff growing up and it's actually really a well done book. Um, and you know, even though it's got Gygax's name on the front, I think it was kind of like Gygax wrote on a post-it note, we need this book, and Cook made it happen. So I, it really shows his design ability, but um, that's not making my top three either. And as, uh, you know, second edition D&D, lots of great settings and everything. I do appreciate that the second edition core books provided a lot of rules as optional and everything. And I think that Cook did a good job kind of making it easier to understand for the average person. Um, 
you know, as opposed to first edition AD&D. It lost a lot of that Gygax character, but it gained some clarity for sure. But that's not making it either. And I gotta be honest, I'm not even putting Isle of Dread in my top three. And I know some of y'all would say that's just complete and total heresy. It's not that these things aren't great. They are great. That's what makes it hard. Because Zeb Cook is a freaking TSR rock star, y'all. I mean, the thing I like most about D Dave Cook is the modules. He's a master of the encounter. And this came up talking with uh, Shane Ward. Um... Gilligan's Isle of ADD. Because Shane had just gotten a couple of these uh, cook modules. And so we were talking back and forth a little bit. And the, the thing that's about, he, David Cook was great at designing encounters, unique, memorable, fun encounters, as well as using a variety of monsters um, that you don't necessarily always see get used. So without further ado, there's my intro. Probably spent too much time on that, but here's my t number three. Number three, for Boot Hill, Lost Conquistador Mine. Whoa, where'd that come from? Probably didn't see that coming. Well, the greatest of the Boot Hill modules, there are only a few of them, but, and this is one that you could use with any Wild West game. The best Wild West module I've ever seen. Cook takes you to the, now Cook teamed up with uh, Moldvay for this. So um, Moldvay is another great, you know, TSR designer um, in his own right. But it takes you to the town of Dead Mule. Uh, and then uh, across country, across the, the wild west, looking for this fa fabled lost conquistador mine filled with gold. And this thing's got all the kind of hallmark killer unique and fun um, encounters you would expect you know bank hold up jail breaks you know crazed miner in the mines um, it's just uh, it's fantastic so um, it's one that you can track down you know boot hill never gained a significant amount of popularity so they're probably less of these printed but they're not going to go for the you know insane prices that uh, you'll see on some things so if you're running an old west game if you can somehow track down yourself uh, the lost conquistador mine i think it's the you know the best wild west adventure that i've ever seen you could use it for any game so that's my number three number two slave pits of the undercity oh yeah now this one this one's one that if you've ran it as a GM, you'll, you know, you, you end up wanting to run it again because it's that much fun. And, um, you know, because different players, different groups will approach it in, in different ways. And this one really displays all those great kind of unique encounters that I think are really the hallmark of uh, Cook's design. Um, you know, you've got, even when he uses a monster that's kind of typical, like an orc, They've got a flamethrower thing, you know, <laughs> and then you've got the great, you know, insect aspis, uh, things going on down in the bowels of the slave pits with the, the, you know, the bloated, you know, the bloated swollen mother and everything. Um, this one's famous for a reason. Uh, it's got great maps, um, lots of unique encounters and uh, Cook did a great job expanding it from a tournament module and turning it into the, the classic that it is. So 
I had an awesome time running this one, and uh, my players actually really did well on it. Though they they um, they didn't even they kind of bypassed half the module, and and I don't know if it was you know by by luck or just kind of the the way they ch chose to go, the path they chose, and and uh, but it was still fun that nonetheless. So that's my number two, Slave Pits of the Undercity, and my number one, Dwellers of the Forbidden City. This one stands up with anything Gygax or anybody ever did. It's one of the best Dungeons and Dragons modules of all time. It's a must own in my opinion. If you've never read it and you're a GM, you got to get it. It's as simple as that. This one more than anything else has got uh, some incredible, an incredible variety of monsters in it. So, I mean, you've got Aboleths and, and, uh, Zorn coming at you before you even make it to the Forbidden City. And then once you've got get to the Forbidden City, you've got all these different factions, different groups, you know, mongrel men and this uh, evil wizard and Yon T and this guy shambling mounds. I mean, it's got everything plus a cool kind of isometric style map. Um, it's just, it's a classic. I think there might even be a dragon turtle running around in the thing. So. If you don't have Dwellers of the Forbidden City, like I say, it's one that every classic era, you know, anybody in the OSR, D&D, &D, it's just one to just don't even think about it. Trust Old Froth on it. Grab Dwellers of the Forbidden City. So that is my top three for Zeb Cook. Going to take a quick break and I'll come back with my top three D&D &D monsters. And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Jeremy, this is Ray. I am really looking forward to your top three podcast. And as one of the Monster Brothers, Logan and I would like to hear you talk about your top three monsters of all time. They don't even have to be specific to gaming. We'll sit back and listen to your monster goodness now. Ray Otis there from Plundergrounds and Monster Brothers. And... Uh... I just realized before I get to these that uh, I misspoke. It's not a dragon turtle in uh, Dwellers of the Forbidden City. It's a pan lung. It's like an underwater dragon. Uh, so it's even maybe cooler than a dragon turtle because it's something you just don't see. I mean, what other adventure has a pan lung in it, you know? And this thing, uh, ooh, it's a nasty, nasty little fella. Uh... Yeah. yeah, if you've got the Fiend Folio, I think it's in there if you want to read up on the old Pan Lung. But um, anyway, you don't want to run into that guy. Uh, so, my top three D&D &D monsters. This is just like the previous list. It's easy for me to come up with number one and number two, but number three was tough because I was thinking about you know, I love Nixies, even though that's not maybe a popular creature. I love them because of this little idiosyncratic feature they have where they want to enslave you, but for just a year, you know. I mentioned this in my Night Below campaign recaps. Not six months, you know, not nine months, not a year and a half, a year. And then it's presumably, see you later. And I love the classic monster manual picture of them. It's kind of like, you know, maybe a Nixie on his first day of school waving at his mom or something. It's just this ridiculous picture that's a classic to me. So 
I really like the next season. I like the whole cleanup crew, all the oozes, slimes, molds, and things like that, too. But I thought about it, and number three, my number three D&D monster, I'm going with the Gibbering Mouther. Oh, yeah, this one's got everything. Well, actually, that's not true. It doesn't have everything. It just has eyes and mouths, and... uh Kind of mumbles and jibbers and and uh, if you listen to the sound of the gibbering, then bad things happen to you. And one of the reasons I like this is it's just kind of an off the wall, weird, kind of gross monster that doesn't really fit into medieval fantasy or swords and sandal fantasy. It's it's more like a pulp Lovecraft sort of thing and. Um, I love them so much that I put a gibbering mouther, my own kind of twist on one in uh, the first psionic platypus zine. So I love the gibbering mouther, just a kind of a gross out thing, uh, you know, eyes and mouths and uh, drive you mad listening to it. So that's my number three, the, the gibbering mouther. Number two, Froth's fav- favorite D&D monsters. What is it? The rot grubs. Oh yeah. Rot grubs. Speaking of gross, there are very few monsters that can actually make someone's skin crawl, uh, at at your table, but the rot grubs uh, are able to do that. Just getting all the little grubs, little maggot like things all over your arm, surprising you and you're handling some old wood or something. And then they start like the Flash Gordon boar worms just boring into the skin, heading straight for the tasty meat of the heart. And you're just going to have to just burn yourself or maybe lose the arm to stop the rot grubs. There's always someone at your table if you use the rot grubs that just gets a little grossed out. And they're just a great kind of, you know, you don't use rot grubs all the time, but, uh, you know, maybe once a campaign. <laughs> Drop some rot grubs in the mix and uh, watch the players squirm. That is one of those great gross-out monsters as well. I guess you're seeing a pattern here. I like the weird and gross. But every time I've used rot grubs, it's been you know, something fun or funny and has happened. And it's certainly memorable. So my number two, I'm going with the rot grubs. And number one, my number one D&D monster of all time, this should not be hard to figure out, the Thought Eater. I love the Thought Eater. Love everything about it, starting with the classic illustration. Uh, I mean, what the heck is this thing? It's a psionic skeletal platypus from another plane. That alone is enough for me to propel it to number one, but... uh, I just, you know, psionics and everything. A lot of people don't think they fit in D&D, but I kind of have my own way of... I I don't really worry about the players having psionic ability because there's such a low chance of it happening. But um, I like having some psionic creatures in there, mind flares, stuff that has a high psionic rating that can, uh, you know, hit them with a mind blast pre-initiative. certainly add some fear to them much in the same way, I guess, level drain and things like that. Add that extra level of fear to, um, undead. 
but the Thought Eater is just, it's, it's not that it's a particularly well-designed monster or anything like that. It's, it just captured my imagination when I was younger. Um, I, I love the image. I just love the off the wall quality of it. Uh, I love its name and concept and it's just been something I've ended up using as my avatar for forever. Ended up changing the title of my blog to that. Starting the Thought Eater podcast, you know, the psionic platypus zine. It's just a spin on the, the name Thought Eater. So I could have like a title that was my own rather than something that was, you know, wizards or, or whatever. But um, sometimes it's hard to explain why you love the things you do. Um, don't know what it says about me, but the Thought Eater just always found a place in my heart. It, uh, it stole my thoughts away, I guess you could say. Stole, didn't steal my thoughts away, it just stole my heart away. And uh, so my number one D&D creature of all time, the ultra bizarre, off the wall, skeletal platypus-like creature from the other, another plane, the Thought Eater. All right, well, that's what I've got for y'all with my Tuesday top threes. I hope y'all enjoyed these. I've already got some ideas for other ones, but if anybody has an idea for a top three, they want to hear Frost's opinion on something, feel free to call in on the Anchor app or message me, frothsoft, frothsof at gmail.com or on the Thought Eater blog. Uh, psionic, hey, we we're just talking about Psionic Platypus. Check out the, uh, the free pay what you want Psionic Platypus scene if you haven't already. Big shout out to my patrons backing me on Patreon. It's a buck a month if you like what I'm doing. Patreon.com forward slash Thought Eater. And I'm always looking for ways to bring all, bring people new content and, and do as really as much as I can with the spare time that I have to, uh, to do cool stuff with the hobby or stuff that I enjoy. So I'm glad other people are enjoying it too. So thank you to the patrons. Um, next you'll hear from me is Hump Day Blogger Rama. And... Frothsoft dnd.blogspot.com, com, com.